This is Shuffle, your backstage pass to Northeast Ohio's independent music scene. I'm Amanda Rabinowitz. My guest this week is electro-punk, new-punk artist Unity, spelled with two eyes. Born in Philadelphia, 20-year-old Asia Raven-Clark has been going to school and making music in Cleveland for the past two years. And she says she's fallen in love with the city and its music scene. She's releasing new music this year and starting to tour nationally with some local dates booked over the next couple of months. We started talking about her early roots in inner city Philly. I didn't grow up in a nice part. It was basically the hood in Philly. My mom had me at 14. We basically grew up together. I learned a lot from her and she learned a lot from me. But that's just how the culture was in the community I grew up in. You learn a lot of things about yourself, your self-esteem, how you perceive the world, all of it impacts that. And one of the biggest things that I talk about is being a black woman in the music industry that's making something other than R&B, hip hop, making something that's more along the lines of punk or alternative. And a lot of the response that I get back from people at first, and by me making the music that I do and having younger siblings and my family, I opened up the door to my family accepting those parts of themselves that aren't a part of that stereotype or norm dictated by the media. Because another thing that runs deep in the community I grew up in is crime. Some of my cousins are currently incarcerated. It's hard to break out of that cycle, you know, those generational curses. And Mm. it's something that I'm still dealing with with my family, but... It's something that I'm very hopeful for because more and more of my younger cousins are seeing what I saw and they're like, hey, I don't want to do that. That is quite an upbringing. Yeah, really chaotic, but it shaped the person that I am. It made me very tough, which is why I kind of naturally started to get more attracted to different music like punk and metal and weird genre fusions and stuff. I started going to shows at like 10, 11, um, with my grandfather, actually. Really? Yeah, he, (laughs) my first ever concert was like back in my emo phase, listening to things like Falling in Reverse, Escape the Fate, Pierce the Veil, you know. Mm -hmm. He had his cane and he took me to my first ever show. And we both were in our first mosh pit together. So you were interested in that kind of music from an early age? Early, early age. One day, me and my cousin were just like scrolling. We were, we're like, let's listen to some different music. So Lamb of God comes up. I've never heard anything like it. And next thing you know, get my first phone, I'm falling down the rabbit hole of what's like this? What's like Lamb of God? Oh, Slipknot. Oh, Linkin Park. What point did you start thinking you wanted to make music? Music has always been a part of me, but there was definitely a lack of resources in all of my education and schooling. So It wasn't until my uncle got locked up and he left a keyboard in the back room, which is where I stayed. And I started to kind of fiddle around with it almost every day after school. So I fell in love with piano. And then I got my first guitar for Christmas. And middle school joined choir. Just kind of being put down a lot in choir class about my vocals. It definitely pushed me to be more interested in different ways of singing, more alternative or metal type vocals. How did you end up in Cleveland from Philadelphia? 
actually, I came to Cleveland pretty early. I let my mom know that I wanted to go to Tri-C to study recording arts and tech because I knew that I need something to fall back on if something goes wrong. Yeah. In order to break the generational curse that there was within my family, someone needs to go out there and do it. So you've been going to Tri-C. Yep. And you've been making music. Absolutely. Talk about some of the music that you've put out or recorded or what have you been doing music musically? Yes, so my first ever project that I worked on was called Hives. And that was the first ever thing that I officially wrote, recorded, and did not delete. (laughs) (laughs) Because another thing that came with all that stuff from choir and being put down is that it made me very insecure about the music that I created, that it wasn't good enough. So I deleted so much I've made when I was younger. But I love what I'm doing now. And you're finding a very accepting scene here? Oh, absolutely. Cleveland has one of the best scenes for black independent musicians starting out. If you're interested in making like punk or alternative or like genre fusion type of stuff, (laughs) Cleveland is the place because it has a huge scene of people with very diverse music taste. Hmm. And it's not necessarily about the music that you make. It's more about the emotion or how you're connecting with the people that's listening. And since Cleveland is small, everyone knows everyone, so it's a lot easier to build that connection. That's a perspective you don't hear that often. Especially coming from a place where, you know, I was one of the only black kids that listened to Slipknot and going (laughs) to punk shows. So coming here and finding there's an entire community of people of color that loves doing that. I'm a kid in the candy store. Tell me a bit about Unity. For every show that I perform at live, my goal is to convey an emotion where all the stress, the anxiety, any insecurities you may have about yourself or being around other people, it can get released in a way that unifies people. That's why I chose Unity. A lot of the people that come to my shows are going through all sorts of stuff, with whether it's housing, emotional, mental, and they're just going out to have a great time releasing some of that. So in a lot of Unity shows, it's a lot of jumping, moshing, singing, dancing. A lot of people sometimes will probably put their arm around you and mm-hmm. sing to you. That's happened to me a few times. And I love that. I love that culture of community. The only thing I can describe it as feeling is just kind of like, adrenaline, fire on your skin, like live performances is my happy place. I watched a video on your Instagram of you, it must have been in the studio, singing some vocals. (laughs) And to just hear the vocals with nothing else, I was like, how does she do that? (laughs) So with the coolest thing is, is when I started to get really, really into like different types of vocals, whether it's screaming or something a bit more avant-garde, I just consumed nothing but anatomy videos. One of 
my favorite vocalists in terms of like screaming and heavier vocals is Will Ramos from a band Lorna Shore. They okay. put a camera down his throat while he was screaming. And he has some of the most like visceral, beefy noises I've ever heard. And just seeing what his vocal flaps were doing, how he held his face when he was screaming, where his tongue was. He's one of the people that's helped me a lot with discovering how to do screaming correctly without hurting my voice. So there's a correct way to do this. Absolutely. You mentioned this before, but, you know, a lot of people don't see black artists making this kind of music. You're also very outspoken about being a member of the LGBTQ community. Yes. It's really good for people to know that they have representation very, very flatly. Because a lot of the bands that I listened to growing up were white. And a lot of the people that I saw on big stages and different things like that were white. You know, I went through a very tough period of just kind of like an identity crisis, not really knowing who I truly am, not even wanting to be a person of color because of the lack of representation in the media Mm -hmm. and how that actually affects people in minority communities. Um, It wasn't until I moved here and I was confident I started loving myself where I learned about skunkanice and just Mm -hmm. different staples of black women doing really awesome punk stuff. Like, and it's the heaviest stuff you'll see in here coming from a small, tiny black girl or a tiny Hispanic (laughs) woman. It's really, really cool. And one of the biggest things that I definitely learned is that there is racism involved in the alternative community. Absolutely. There's been times where people called me slurs on stage. It's just different things like that that happen. You learn about code switching. That's one thing that a lot of black kids learn about is code switching. You can't use slang terms if you're at a job interview, just certain things like that. And as an independent black musician, that's also making like avant punk styled music you have to learn how to code switch and that's something that i utilize every single day some of the posts that you do are really powerful messages that you give it's more than just music i think for you i try my best to send out positivity online as much as i can posting pictures that are unfiltered if i ever have kids one day or even my cousins and my sisters who are currently like still trapped with this, within this generational cycle within my family. They have to love themselves. That's the biggest thing. You know, I would be able to do any of this. I would not if I didn't love myself. This year you were named a Panza Foundation artist, which is a nonprofit in Cleveland ran by John Panza. It awards cash grants to local artists and bands each year. How did you pop up on their radar? The music industry runs so deep, like even on a small local level. So he found me through Emma, the owner of No Class, which is a venue that I've performed at a lot. Church of Unity at this point. And I found out that she was actually one of the people that recommended me to John Panza. So the album, the singles, the tour, travel is the biggest thing. Just seeing the world more meeting more artists. So that's what I'm the most excited about for this year. Unity, thank you so much. This has been so great getting to know you a little bit. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that I could, you know, spread my message a bit more of just love and acceptance and just finding healthier ways of coping because life is hard. You can find links to Unity's music along with photos and more Shuffle episodes at ideastream.org shuffle. 
Be sure you're following the podcast. And if you like what you hear, rate it and write a review. And most importantly, share it. We'll be back in two weeks with a look at a unique outdoor concert series filmed with no audience in the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Brittany Nader is Shuffle's producer. I'm Amanda Rabinowitz. Thanks for listening. Oh.